Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the 307 RPG Podcast, and I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of our amazing patrons. It's because of you that we're able to do the things that we do. If you like our show and you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash theforgeherald. Thanks everyone, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 307 RPG Podcast. My name is Patrick. I'm Nolan. Today, we're going to wrap up our Rage Across August event by giving you our thoughts on what we like or don't like about the game Werewolf the Apocalypse. However, before we do that, we have a lot of stuff to cover. And as always, when we start these things, Nolan, what's been going on for you this weekend? Anything fun and exciting? Not really. It's been pretty quiet. Back to school stuff and kind of just playing catch up from a week of not accomplishing a lot. So hopefully uh, that will change going forward. But yeah, not a lot to report. Gotcha. You know, not a lot on my side either. Very few games were played yesterday. I did. I don't know if you saw the picture. I did go and pick up my print of the two towers from the local framer. And my God, does it look awesome. Nice. That's very cool. Yeah, I was super excited to go pick that up. It, you know, pretty much cost me an arm and a leg to get it done, but it was worth every penny. It's going to look great once I find a spot to put it. <laughs> but it is cool. Um, that's, that's the tough spot is so much cool random things that where you get to or don't get to hang it up is tough yeah and it's it's large you know it's that full poster size so it's a good size piece and i'll probably end up putting it right here you know above my monitor uh, next to all my other stuff uh but i'd imagine once my oldest son moves out it'll all just go down there there you go time to leave yeah <laughs> Okay, so like I said, we have a lot of stuff to cover tonight, and I want to just jump right into it. So we are going to kick off with Dungeons & Dragons. So settle in, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about from D&D. First up, we have the Dungeons & Dragons Celebration Weekend. Have you had a chance to look at this at all? Just a little bit. I didn't get a whole lot of information on it, other just because I didn't sign up for it. But I think I'm curious to see what story comes out of it for sure sure it does look like so the event is going to be september 18th and 20th or 18th through the 20th and according to the official site this event this event whatever this event will correspond with the release of the all-new adventure icewind dale rhyme of the frost maiden in fact you're kind of you're not kind of you're invited to join in the celebration of the release with this event uh this is obviously a weekend-long event and it's going to be filled with icewind dale themed virtual play sessions developer panels celebrity luminaries and fans will even get a chance to preview the upcoming book tasha's cauldron of everything and more on that in a bit i did happen to reach out so I, you know, I've talked quite a bit about uh, the crew over at Bite Size Gaming. I think they're all fantastic, and all of them are uh, Adventure League DMs. I don't know if I've told you that, Nolan. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Not only are they all Adventure League DMs, they all go to conventions and get a chance to do these things. So, and I'm trying to pull it up real quick because Zach has sent it to me. Every one of them will be playing at or will be at different, quote, tables here where you can get a chance to sit down and play with them. And they're at like a lot of tables. <laughs> so I'm going to copy this from Zach. Um, I'll just read this real quick. So Zach Goins is looks like 10 00 ice road trackers tables, 39, 78, 159, 199, 10 00 epic great knucklehead rally tables, 264, 332, 398, 10-01, the frozen North tables, 440, 480, 521, 561. Uh, Catherine Lindquist, 
100-00 ice road trackers tables 21 57 137 one okay this is gonna be a lot for me to read as i scroll through this but i just want to say uh troy sandlin uh catherine Lindquist, zach goins they're all going to be dming and john is going to be helping on the back end but will not be running tables so the entire crew for bite-sized gaming are helping out with this event and i think it's awesome i just wanted to make sure we had a chance to throw their tables in the show notes so everybody can see what's going on and maybe get a chance to play with them should be should be interesting i'm excited to see it uh it did get me to sign up for the newsletter so i could get a copy of it as well so as we get closer to our time to play it as well we can see all the awesomeness so should be cool yeah I don't, I mean, it's 18th, 19th, and 20th. I don't know how the whole process works and I need to look into it. I might sign up and, and jump in on one of the games with the folks at Bite Size Gaming. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, especially if you're going to have to run it later or something like that, then you get a chance to play it for a change. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I got everything copied and pasted over into the show notes of the tables that they're going to be at. I have it in italics so you guys can just scroll through and find it quickly. I think these guys do great work, so take an opportunity and jump in and play with in one of their games. It'll be a lot of fun for you. And apparently I messed up my show notes, whatever. I'll fix it later. Uh, there's also going to be some apparel for the event uh, to commemorate the event. And have you seen the t-shirt? Nolan? I did see that picture. That looks great. It is the three kobolds in a trench coat, which is one of the new monsters from Icewind Dale. And I just, I think it's hilarious. I do think our local player, Zach needs a copy or needs a, a t-shirt. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. He'd enjoy that. So all the proceeds from ticket apparels and are from ticket and apparel sales will be going to Extra Life uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospital. And this is something that Wizards of the Coast has done for a long time. When they have these types of events, they usually donate something to the Extra Life Children's Miracle Network. Uh, the T-shirt will have, if I remember correctly, it does say Extra Life on it. And a lot of this, especially right now, is going to help younger kids who are being directly affected by COVID. So I applaud wizards for this for their continued support of this charity i think it's awesome so that's that's the DD celebration again that's september 18th through 20th um you can sign up on the DD website so please don't uh, waste time and i do have a link to the the t-shirt now it is limited supply on that t-shirt so if you want a copy or if you want a t-shirt you need to get over there and, and grab one i have a link in the show notes for you to check it out so next up from Dungeons and Dragons is the new source book that was just announced. And this is Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Nolan, do you have any idea who Tasha is? Just from her spell. And which spell is that? Uh, what is it? Tasha's Hideous Laughter? I think it's Tasha's Hideous Uncontrollable Laughter. Or gotcha. Tasha's Uncontrollable Hideous Laughter. A uh, little story about that. I, I had to do some reading because, you know, typically these books are based on people we know, like Volo or Xanathar or Mordenkainen. And a lot of them are, are people that Gary Gygax has created over the years. And, of course, Tasha is one of those. So if, if what I read is correct, it looks like Tasha was originally created by Gary Gygax for the Greyhawk campaign, which is, of course, normal, uh, but had the name of Igwilv. Uh, Igwilv is uh, based on a Nordic, if I remember correctly, a Nordic character. The name Tasha came about when Gygax received a letter written in crayon, of all things, from a young girl asking him to create a spell that included laughter. Thus, Tasha's uncontrollable, hideous laughter was created. In third edition D&D, uh, the campaign Expeditions to the Ruins of Greyhawk, Igwilv joins the Company of Seven, which is a very famous company of adventures, under the name of Tasha. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, 
this is the Tasha that they're speaking about, but I could be wrong. And that could have all been meaningless and whatever. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, so from the book, I am, I'm actually pretty excited about this book. I do like it when they put out these source books. Uh, so this one says, and I'm just reading directly from uh, press release guys. So please understand this is not me saying this. Uh, the wizard Tasha, whose great work includes the spell Tasha's hideous laughter has gathered bits and bobs of precious lore during her illustrious career as an adventurer. Her enemies wouldn't want these treasured secrets scattered across the multiverse. So in defiance, she has collected and codified these tidbits for the enrichment of all. So we get expandable subclasses. We get more character options, uh, introducing group patrons. I thought this was interesting. Whether you're part of the same criminal syndicate or working for an ancient dragon, each group patron option comes with its own perks and types of assignments. Uh, spells, artifacts, and magical tattoos. Expanded rules options to try out sidekicks, supernatural environments, natural hazards, and parlaying with monsters and gain guidance on running a session zero, which is always a good thing. Um, and a plethora of puzzles. Now, I'm a huge fan of adding puzzles to the game, uh, especially in breaking up the encounters instead of, so it's not always fighting and adding a puzzle encounter. What do you think of puzzles? I think they're fun. I think they're tough, uh, tough to do just because if you're not necessarily good at puzzles, but your character has Sherlock Holmes style intelligence, that can be tough because it's like, well, I get it it's a clever puzzle no one's too dumb to figure it out but my character is a thousand times smarter than me so stop being a jerk so you can run into those kind of things or at least uh have that kind of plan if you're dming and be like okay you have a high intelligence these are the clues i'm going to give you or something to help you out or something so because that's you don't you know when the bard does a performance you don't always ask him to sing and sometimes as a guy who did a lot of sports and stuff like that wasn't very good at you know solving puzzles in real life it's nice to play an intelligent character and pretend to be something you're not so fair enough and, I, and you and i've had that discussion before where it's like mm -hmm. sure there's this really complicated puzzle and granted a, a somebody with an intelligence of seven is probably never going to feel it figure it out but your character with an intelligence of 18 but then the player who's playing the you know character with an intelligence of seven is all like oh yeah this is the answer to that puzzle yeah, it's a tough thing to play the character versus play yourself. So you run into those balances with them. I do enjoy them. I like them, especially in like, I think most of my experiences like in the computer games like Baldur's Gate and and uh, Pillars of Eternity where it's like, oh, okay, so this here requires this element and we need this here and you've got to stand here. And I like it when they take a team, not just one person having a big brain. So, uh, so yeah, it goes on to say, full of expanded content for players and dungeon masters alike, this book is a great addition to the player's handbook and the DM's guide. Baked, baked in? Sure. Baked in, you'll find more rule options for character classes in the player's handbook, including more subclass options thrown in for good. Oh, I suppose they're playing on the whole cauldron thing thrown in for good measure is the artificer class, a master of magical of invention. And this witch's brew wouldn't be complete without a dash of added artifacts, spellbook options, spells for both players, characters and monsters, magical tattoos, group patrons and other tasty goodies. So did you see a release date for that one, Nolan? Um, I don't remember. I thought I I thought it was November. Maybe it was October. I don't know. I feel like it was like shortly after that, about a month after this book uh, that we're getting ready to start playing comes out. Looks like November 17th. 
So just a couple couple months away, um, I'd imagine you could probably, there is an alternate art cover for this. I actually really like the cover, the regular cover for this one. Tasha looks pretty badass. Uh, but you said you really liked the alternate art, didn't you? I did. I liked that style. I thought that was kind of cool. Yes. It wasn't flashy and I don't know. I like that almost uh, stylized drawing stuff. So um, I did get the whatever their Dragon magazine is. Um, and it talked a little bit about some of the other stuff coming in um, that came from the UA stuff, uh, talking about customizing your origin. Uh, so it sounded like you would be able to uh, basically more of that kind of stuff that we saw with like Matt Mercer's thing of, of helping you build that stuff. We saw that with... Uh, uh, not Mornkinen's, but uh, John the Drug Beholder. Uh, sorry, Xanathar's. Xanathar's, yeah, where you kind of roll the dice, how many siblings you have, what area you're from. They kind of continue that with Matt Mercer's book of, like, this is the most popular food from that area and most likely your favorite dish that you could remind people of when you get to that area. So it looked like there's some of that there. It looked like they're going to be able to kind of swap around stats a little bit with these backgrounds. So that way, if you really wanted to play a gnome rogue, but gnomes are only good at intelligence stuff, um, now maybe you can sneak over the the two dexterity from an elf uh, and play the class you want to, so you're not hindered by that uh, through the story creation. Uh, they also talked about one of the most popular UA features was class feature variants, and that is looked like it's going to be making its way over. They uh, and and this here was like instead of like the paladin at second level getting a fighting style. Um, they could rotate that out and pick up a couple of damaging cantrips if you want to be more of a, a, a caster from a far paladin. Uh, and then it, there was a few different things in there as well that you could kind of, I don't see myself ever using this ability. Let's find something a little bit more uh, fun that I can enjoy now. I know there's a lot of ranger stuff that I felt like made it better um, and kind of fixed some of the gaps of, oh, what are they? They had like a... a rangers wilderness explorer feat where you could expend a spell slot and since the number of undead fey whatever within a mile radius or whatever you don't know where they're at you just tell if they're out there and it seemed like kind of a waste of a spell slot now you could just dump that pick up a couple of skills or become an expert in nature or something like that that's a little more consistent so it gives you a chance to fix some of the things that maybe you don't like or you know again if you love it keep it but i like that idea it makes it we're getting back to the point where we talked about like, I like multi-classing because I can make the character I want to play and more of these type of features now say, wow, I can make the character I want to play without sneaking those expertise from a rogue. So I'm actually an expert in nature and survival. Now I can get that on my own without dipping out of the class. So I like that. I think it's, I think it's a good thing and I am excited to see what happens. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do like these source books, like when they come out with these. Um, I enjoyed Xanathar's. I like Volo's. I like uh, Mordenkainen's. I think they're really interesting. Um, I, and, and I think you're right. They add a lot of chances for you to expand and to possibly fix characters that maybe it just didn't quite work for you, but it was good enough. So I, I like doing these things. And I like, that's the other reason why I like UA so much is that it does give us an opportunity to see things and usually it foreshadows what's up and coming. So, yeah. And getting the player feedback and stuff as well, which is nice with the community, getting a chance to play test that as well. Um, and it gives them a chance to fix some of the things. Maybe they weren't happy with the first time around. Exactly. 
Well, that is what I have for D&D. Um, that's quite a bit uh, new subclass and, of course, the new or the D Dungeons and Dragons celebration. So I think as we start seeing some stuff come out, as we get closer to the celebration, we're going to see a few more things. And so we'll have a few more things to talk about. But of course, we'll also be able to recap what we read or heard coming out of that event. So that will be an interesting one to take a look at. Do you have anything else for D&D, sir? I don't. Uh, looking forward to those and getting closer to being play the new campaign. We are getting close. And like I said, I've already got my book paid for and ready to go. It's one of those, though, I'm sitting here going, OK, so I already bought the book because I really wanted the alternate art on that one. But I, I'm like, well, because we're probably going to have to play digitally. Should I buy it on uh, Roll20 so we have the maps and stuff? Right. And then, well, I want to be able to give it out to the characters. So uh, do we need to get it on D&D Beyond? And... I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So we'll get it all figured out. All right, so let's take a little trek down the old Onyx path. Uh, chapter 4 of Vigil Watch for Scarlands was released this past week. Uh, this time we get a look at the Iron Court, and uh, this is the chapter that provides us a deep look at the Iron Bread culture. Uh, I like the Iron Bread. They are a redeemed race. They, I think they're pretty fascinating. They, it's weird seeing, like, I mean, we joke about, or our friend John jokes about reverse centaur all the time. Um, and this is quite literally a, you know, a very large human-like body with a horse head. So if you've never seen the Iron Bread, that's a very quick, dirty description of them. Um, so it's just that they're an unusual race, and this is a really good deep dive into their culture. Um, speaking of virtual tabletops, Onyx Path announced this week that they are making the Gauntlet of Spiragos available on the virtual tabletop platform Astral. We had a chance to play this adventure prior to it becoming uh, available on virtual tabletop. Nolan, what are your thoughts on the Gauntlet of Spiragos? I really enjoyed it. It gives you a nice taste of the world uh, without getting too bogged down the lore. You know, I thought that was kind of the interesting thing of didn't know. I think I did a little bit of research about what was going on. Um, but I don't think many of the people at our table had done so before that. So when you get into it and uh, leaving spoilers out and stuff like that, it gives you a good sense of this is a little different. Something really bad has happened here. And uh, it kind of spirals a little bit out of control after that with the next adventures as well of just seeing how dark the world is. I greatly enjoyed running Gauntlet Asparagos. Um, of course, we only had three people in that group, which sometimes those smaller groups are just a little bit more intimate. The characters get to know each other a little bit better, and you just have sometimes a little bit more fun. And I really enjoyed Gauntlet Asparagos in that it gave us a good introduction, like you said, into Scarred Lands without going super, super deep into it. You didn't have to be the person who knew the lore to enjoy it. And... It was just it was just a really well designed adventure. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Gauntlet of Spiragos, if I remember correctly, it should still be available. I thought it was for free on Drive Through RPG. So, if you are still playing um, together at home, then this could be a great way for you to get a copy of that that adventure and take a look at it. You can get a print version of it, which is what I did. Uh, I do again. I like books, so. Uh, great adventure and the subsequent adventures are really good as well. I like that um, Onyx Path is bringing this to Astral. I like that they're putting uh, Scarred Lands on a virtual tabletop platform. So 
if you're a fan of Scarlands and you're not playing at the table and you want to start playing on a virtual tabletop platform, Astral is definitely going to be your way of going. And the Gauntlet of Spiragos is a wonderful introduction adventure. Speaking of Scarlands, I did receive notification that backers of the Creature Collection had one last chance to lock in their shipping address. So it sounds like this book is getting ready to ship. Which I've looked through the PDF of that book. I can't wait to get my hands on the hard copy. It's it's a cool monster manual. There's some dark creatures in there. There really are. You know, I I, I shouldn't complain. I, I'm going to throw this out there, and this is not Onyx Path's fault. Uh, so everybody who follows our show or listens to our show knows that I backed. Uh, they came from beneath the sea. Nolan and I have talked quite a bit about it. We've had people on here to talk about it. And the game just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I've had the PDF for a while, which is fine. I don't mind flipping through PDFs. I prefer books, obviously. And I, of course, received notification, what, Nolan, two and a half months ago that the book was shipping? I think so. Yeah. Well, and it's not, again, I understand that I am not upset with the Onyx Path at all. This is not their fault whatsoever. But the book, the shipping has been delayed. And like, if you look through the Monday meeting notes, uh, you'll see that they're like, yep, ship to Kickstarter fulfillment center. And, and the whole issue is, is that those fulfillment centers have diminished staff because of the pandemic. Now, what irritates me where I get upset, and again, not at anybody in particular, just upset at the world, is that if you bought the print on demand version of they came from beneath the sea through drive through RPG, you've probably already received it. And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> I could have just waited. Right. Of course, I would have never known that. But um, I hope that those people who have already received a copy of they came from beneath the sea are greatly enjoying it because it sure looks like a lot of fun. That is all I see for Onyx Path. Did you see anything else? Nope. Okay, let's bounce over to Modifius, where they have a new game coming out. I believe it is pronounced Vesson. Um, what was that? Grim? Is that what that was? That TV show that was based on Grim Fairy Tales? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think that's where I'm getting the pronunciation of this word, whether that's right or wrong. So we're just going to say Vesson. And this is a, a Nordic horror game. So this is... I'll just read the the press release here. Nordic Horror launches, or yeah, Nordic Horror is the name of the company, launches with core rulebook in print and PDF, GM screen and map, card deck, and die set, a complete suite of role-playing tools to complement this most chilling of RPGs, Vesson. Here are the details of this fascinating new RPG line. In dark source forests beyond mountains by black lakes and hidden groves, at your doorstep in shadows stirs something strange. Strange beings, twisted creatures lurking at the edge of vision, watching, waiting, unseen by most, but not by you. You see them for what they are. Vesson. So this is a new horror game coming out. Uh, the artwork is really creepy and dark looking. I have a picture in the show notes. Uh, so if you are into uh, horror games and fantasy horror in particular, because that's definitely where this is going to trend, this might be a game that you want to check out. I would head over to modifius.com and give it a look. I didn't see anything else from Modifius, though. So let's bounce over to Chaosium. Uh, nothing really new at Chaosium, but I do want to give a congratulations to David Larkins, who was on our show 
few weeks back to talk about his book, Berlin, the Wicked City. His book won uh, two awards at the UK Games Expo. Those were Judge's Choice Award and the People's Choice Award. So congrats, David, and the entire team of Berlin, the Wicked City, because I own that book and it is a fabulous book it really really well done chaosium also won judge's choice award for the game paladin the warriors of charlemagne and it's not a game that we've ever talked about before but i happened to see it and i thought i would mention it and just say congratulations to chaosium that's pretty cool yeah so that brings us to the topic of the day and are you wanting coffee uh up to you man Sure, let's refill real quick. Okay. Hey everybody, Patrick here with 307 RPG, and while Nolan and I are off of getting coffee, I thought I'd just take a minute to say thank you once again to everyone who's listened to these past 100 episodes. And also, if you do enjoy our show, leaving us an, uh, a review on iTunes would do wonders for us. It'd help us really boost our ratings and push us up in that podcast lineup. Oh, looks like they're coming back. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. So we have come to our topic of the day. And as everybody knows, we've been doing this month-long look at Werewolf the Apocalypse. It's been our Rage Across August event. So tonight, we're going to kind of wrap that up, mostly because <laughs> I miscounted the number of Sundays in the month of August and realized I had one more and went, oh, shit. <laughs> so tonight, we are going to recap what we've, or a little bit of what we talked about and mostly just give you our thoughts uh, on the game. We hope you've enjoyed this month-long look at Werewolf the Apocalypse. If you have other suggestions for these month-long topics, please drop us a line because it's it's always fun for nolan and i to look at a game that maybe neither of us have played or only one of us have played and you know discover a liking it may not necessarily translate into actually playing the game but at least gives us a better understanding and and potentially a little bit more of a liking for the game so we are going to start with you because i always do the talking up until this point and turn it over to you at this point i enjoy uh, I enjoy this side of the world of darkness. Uh, it gives a chance to still have some of the more adult themed style things. Uh, it's fun to play in a world where it's based upon alternate history of what we've already done. So I think that's, that's helpful towards me. Uh, just seeing the land, I can understand a little bit better. It's really hard to describe, uh, you know, this town of water deep that we've never seen before. And it means something different to everybody as in comparison to, Hey, you're in Paris. And you're like, Oh, I give me 15 seconds on Google and Wikipedia and I can understand what happened there. So I think that's fun. You can get a little more ingrained in history um, or I guess not so much in this one, if you choose to play uh, one of the, the races that lives six years. So <laughs> fair enough. That, that could be tough as well, but I, I enjoy the side of things. I like a little bit more of the combat side of things. Um, just being a big, scary Krynos uh, is kind of a, a fun brawler berserker barbarian style of uh, play style so uh, i i really enjoyed it um i like looking into this stuff just because it gets me out of stuff i consider my comfort zone um or something like this where i've enjoyed in the past from our one shot and getting an excuse to jump back in and look at it so i think if i had to play or got to play again um, i definitely would try and find a way to play glass walker uh just for that standpoint of i seem to have fun with those kind of characters that like technology in a world where most things don't like technology i think it's fun and you can drive people crazy 
uh, okay, gives, JJ. Yep, it gives me a chance to look at what all the the cool kids are into these days with the, the Snapchats and the Facebooks and 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 whatever TikToks are coming out next, and see how ridiculously insane these people are sometimes with the the links they'll go to get attention. And I think that just is so much fun to be that character around a group of ancient elders and people with <laughs> uh, just classic decorum. Like I feel like I'm just pissing off grandparents and i think it's a lot of fun <laughs> leave it to you <laughs> yeah you know i having played werewolf before uh it's a game that i definitely thought when i was trying to introduce you guys to world of darkness this was probably the game that i thought this is the one that you of all people would like the most because i know you and, and even zach do enjoy the combat side of things a lot you and, and and I will say, you know, the amount of like when we first started role playing together uh, as a crew, there was a lot of well, a lot of all of us learning just how to do everything because we were so confused on how we were doing things because we just let's face it, we just jumped in and went for it. Um, so the amount of growth I have seen with like everybody at the table, but especially like with you and with Zach and the amount of willingness you guys have now to role play instead of just saying, fuck it, I'm gonna roll the dice and kill them uh, is amazing. And I, and I do attribute that to your guys's growth as players through the world of darkness, because it was kind of forced on you. And I think werewolf would give you guys an opportunity to have that good combat as well as, uh, you know, some really interesting role-playing opportunities in, in, like you said, in a more modern setting where I could say, hey, we're playing in Billings, Montana. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, okay, I can definitely picture Billings, Montana far better than I could say Baldur's Gate. Well, Baldur's Gate might not be a good one because you've played the game so much on, on the computer. Uh, but you know what I mean. Yep. So... Uh, I think that aspect of it is really cool. And I think you guys would enjoy that a lot, getting that opportunity. It is definitely a game I would love to sit down, even if we did a one or two, you know, session game and, and played again. But everybody playing a werewolf and everybody working as a pack, because I think you guys would greatly, greatly enjoy it. And seeing the combat options and using the claves and using, because um, I don't know that you and I ever talked about claves, did we? I don't think so. Well, I, it's like a giant silver sword that is uh, bound to that werewolf. Nice. Yeah, I could see you absolutely enjoying something like that, um, giving you a chance to play that paladin swinging a giant sword, which yeah. we all know you love. <laughs> it's the best thing about the life. Go. <laughs> um, so some of the things that I like about Werewolf, uh, again, I, you know, I played it many, many years ago. I thought our storyteller, although he was, he was younger than me, he was immature, and I think now about the games that we played, and they were definitely immature games, but that's okay because we had a lot of fun playing them. Um, we had some some of the best combat I remember playing in role-playing games came out of that, that summer long campaign that we played. Um, I remember we were fighting, I want to say it was a Bali and my character was using a silver moon whip and that was her weapon of choice. She had a clave and a silver moon whip. And it was one of these where the other two were down they, they were incapacitated. She was just about down and it was like, all right, I'm going to roll these dice. And it used to be like you had minuses to your dice rolls. Well, the nice thing is, is when you're in Krinos form, you get all these pluses to your dice rolls. So I had to take out several dice. I can't remember how many now and roll the dice. And he was, he made an extremely high difficulty for me to hit. Cause I mean, the character was technically on her back. She was just about dead. And, in front of everybody, I, you know, I threw the dice, one of those, oh God, here it goes and scored the successes that I needed and ended up winning the fight and saving the party. And it was like, every one of us were just like, holy shit, what just happened? 
that's awesome. I like when the dice help tell the story. Yeah, it was really cool. And I and I just remember the feeling that I had during that camp or during that in that scene. And it's like, wow, we're we're gonna die here. And and I really liked that character, so I did not want that to happen. So I I think Werewolf is that game where you can I mean it can go a couple of different ways. You can obviously have it be a very heavy combat game. I mean, there's a reason why Carrie came on the show and just talked to us about villains and baddies of Werewolf, because there's so many. Um it could be really combat heavy. It could be really, you know, um, it could be RP, RP dependent, but there's so many options with werewolf that it's just really good. So you said glass Walker as, as the tribe that you would play. I, you know, I always go back to Fiona because I do love the Fiona. Um, but I think if I played something different, I, I don't know. I might play the thin rear because you know, I, I like um, Nordic history. I like Nordic mythology. Uh, I like, well, I am Germanic in, in descent, so it definitely clicks with me. I, I could see playing um, a Fenrir without a problem and, and really enjoying that. So you mentioned Glasswalker. What, so what auspice breed, what, what would you think? I think being that one there, it would be depending on the story and depending on what you could pull off. Um, it, w- it would almost be fun to be uh, kind of from the wilds because I always think about like, well, okay, if you were born a wolf, you would have no business being around some of this stuff. But it would be interesting if you were from a crazy place where like, you know, northern Alaska and it's like a, a white fang story or whatever, where a human has a pet wolf or whatever, and you kind of grow up around that or whatever, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you're a solo cub raised by humans. So you're kind of already somewhat domesticated which i think would be kind of fun and play against type but i don't know yeah yeah I, you know i i think back to like or i think about i shouldn't say back to i think about what i would play as a fenrir and i i love the idea of being of playing a lupus uh, in fact my first character was that was her breed and i think that's a lot of fun but i, I almost think i would go hamid uh but definitely as as a Fenrir, I'd, I'd want to play an Ahrun. I, I definitely would want to be that warrior. Yeah, and I could see, you know, I think that's one of the things if uh, Werewolf tends to lead into, uh, if you're going to be good at something, you you can really go all in and be good at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it would be, I don't know, I just really enjoy the game. And I can sit here and say, I think, I think, I think all day long, and people are going to get sick and tired of hearing me say that. I really enjoyed Werewolf. I really enjoyed our look at the game itself. There's definitely characters I would be willing to play, uh, willing to try, willing to storytell. I would love to sit down and, you know, maybe after we finish Icewind Dale and say, guys, we're going to do two weeks. We're going to take a break from D&D. We're going to do two weeks of Werewolf. You know, it's going to be a quick, dirty session of, you know, a couple of weeks that we get to play. Uh, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think people would really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, Nolan, this is a short one. Uh, but do you have any other thoughts on Werewolf before we sign off for the day? I don't. Uh, it definitely seems like something you could go in and get lost in. Uh, hopefully it gets you guys a little bit excited about taking a look at it and go in and learn a lot more than us. Because, uh, like I said, we've. I've played it once. I've gotten to look at it a couple of times through the show um, and definitely haven't spent as much time in it as a lot of the cool people we had on for 
uh, for interviews um, and, and seeing that level of passion and creation and again, uh, a fun game where um, it's still in the world of darkness. So the monsters are really scary and the things you're dealing with are very adult and I like I like that kind of stuff. I am an adult. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can enjoy clearing a cave full of goblins uh, for ten gold pieces, you know, any day of the week. That's that's fun. But there's a lot more choices in these uh, World of Darkness games that aren't just black and white. Where it's you know, there's different levels of bad. There's different levels of good, and everything has consequences. And and I think that's fun about these kind of games. Like you said, it's the combat can be good on it, but it's more of a storytelling game for sure because you can't just rip everything's head off. Right. I mean, you can. <laughs> right. It's not a very long campaign. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And you do have the delirium to protect you, which I guess is something I don't know that we ever spoke about the delirium in, but you know what? We're not going to get into it. We've done a month long look. I'm not going to add more to it. I think Josh and I talked about the delirium good enough. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always different options to do when it comes to running a game of werewolf or playing in it. And I, I just, I think everybody should take a look at the game. If you've never tried werewolf before and you've listened to this month long look, take a look at it. Uh, there's, there's ways, you know, you can get even older editions and, and still, you know, cheaper than what you can. If you don't, if you don't want to pay for the 20th anniversary edition, I recommend the 20th anniversary edition. Um, cause it is just, it's very well done. Speaking of 20th anniversary edition, and this is, we're definitely getting to the point where we're about to sign out here. Um, for one more day, Onyx path is doing their dog days of summer. So if you want a deluxe copy of the 20th anniversary edition of Werewolf the Apocalypse, you have until August 31st to get it. It's 50% off, which still carries a hefty price tag of 100 bucks. But, you know, again, I was we were just in the car talking. It was my son and my wife and I. Uh, my son, like I said, he got the Dark Ages book, and we were just discussing it. And I, and I told both of them, like, you know, after seeing his copy of the book, I... I am so close to buying one. And my issue was, is I didn't know which one I'd want werewolf or wraith because the wraith book looks incredible. Nice. I like high quality product like that. That's always, uh, I, I do too. Good investment. Yep. I haven't pulled the trigger and I probably won't just because we're going to be going on a trip soon. So I might have to wait till next year. Well, Nolan, if you don't have anything else, I know this is a short one, but we can go ahead and wrap it up for the week. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Well, cool. Um, Again, folks, you know, we enjoy doing these month long looks. So if you have something that you would love for us to take a look at, you know, we're always open for more ideas. There's lots of games out there that we don't know about that we could easily spend some time digging into. So feel free to shoot us a line and tell us what you'd like to hear. So Nolan, if they would like to get a hold of you, how can they do it? Uh, I'm on Twitter at N Lemire's. And of course, I'm Patrick, and you can find me at all the social medias at 307RPG. Feel free, again, to drop us a line. And I just want to give a, you know, a huge thank you to everybody who listens to our show. 101 episodes now. I can't believe that we made 100, and I'm really looking forward to see what we're going to do in the future. Me too, because I don't have any ideas. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.